With me today is Chris Stephan. For those that might not know Chris, I'd like to read what was written about Mr. Stephan when he was made an honorary member of the Canadian Avalanche Association. Chris Stephan is a retired avalanche protection consultant living in Canmore, Alberta. A graduate of geography from Queen's University, Chris spent the 70s overseeing the avalanche program at Whistler, BC, and completing research projects for the National Research Council of Canada and Environment Canada. His work included compilation of the first two volumes of avalanche accidents in Canada. From 1979 to 2011, Chris worked as a consultant in planning, operations, and training for avalanche programs in the Americas and overseas. Uh, welcome to my podcast. Whistler stories that need to be told. Uh, we're trying to get the history of Whistler out in uh, forms that we remember because it was so long ago and some of us that were here so long ago that can remember those things. Well, why did you come to Elta Lake back in, when was it, the 70, early 70s? Yeah, I came here in the summer of 72. Um, I had been working at Mont Tremblant for a couple of years before that and... Uh, we saw a film. Comes to mind. There was two guys who used to make films. And you can Warren Miller. Warren Miller was one yeah. of them. And he, he made this film about the opening of Snowbird. Oh. And it was, uh, I, I don't know, if it, I think it was made in that winter. And they started uh, playing it in the spring. And we saw Boo and Dave and I and a whole crew of guys went and saw this movie. And we saw this movie and thought, that's it. We're going west. So much for the hard part. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Boo and Dave, like, and the guys that were on the patrol with you when I arrived back. Oh, yeah, Tromblum. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I yeah. started, I actually started ski patrolling in 68 as a volley. And then I moved to Mont Tromblum in 1970. Fantastic. Yeah. And so you just came to Alta Lake on a whim and you thought you could get a, a job on the patrol and you did? Yeah, Boo and I got a driveway car in Montreal. Uh -huh. It was, uh, a really hot Camaro with some kind of 327 jazzed up engine in it. Uh -huh. Some guy gave us this car and said, drive it to Vancouver for us. And two uh, long-haired young men, we said, sure. Gosh, that was good. Those would be good times, eh? Well, God, I remember when you came, when I first came here, you introduced me to some guys that eventually built Brew Creek Lodge. I remember stopping on the highway and seeing those guys in their, in their Dodge Power Wagon and this old dirt road going into nowhere. And they just bought the place for 175 grand or something, you know, it was like five acres. And, and they were carving out this uh, place out in the woods. And we were all kind of roughing it in those days. Uh, I met you in the, I think, uh, in the ghetto. You had the, uh, the executive ghetto because you were the ski patrol leader and I was in the regular ghetto. That, that was fun because that was our whole community in, in those days. Boy, we, we partied hard and uh, got to know each other well. And... Uh, it was just great. Um, I guess, you know, the parties were just un unbelievable in those days, and and, uh, and we got a little bit out of hand. Uh, can you remember any of those? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't. Uh, I remember several of them. It was a good tradition of parties started. Yeah. You know, you, you think about it. Yeah. Go back to the beginning there. It was, it was a lot of things came from that. The eggnog party. Yeah. The Christmas. Patrol, patrol eggnog party. Where the torchlight parade. Yeah. Came from that yeah. uh, era. Same no deal. kidding, yeah. And uh, and you we, were leading us through. You were yeah. the patrol leader, and uh, I remember drinking out of a ski boot at the eggnog party, 
And then like the torchlight parade, we were all very, very wiped out on booze and marijuana and whatever, I think. <laughs> yeah, who, who knows what? The torchlight parade was interesting because the first year, Al Turner was the patrol leader and I was on the ski patrol. And I said, suggested to Al that we should have a torchlight parade because we used to do it at Trauma once a week. And uh, wow. so the first time we went, we tried to do it with the flares in our hands. Oh. <laughs> and that didn't work out. Got a hold of some slalom poles. And yeah. And it was still, we, got burned, we all got burned a little bit. We had to wear our old jackets because oh, the yeah. sparks were flying and spitting and sparking. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun. It, it sure fun. was. Yeah. yeah. To do that. And, we, and then we got into the fireworks uh, a little bit and, and got a little bit out of control with the fireworks once. And yeah, no, those are, those are amazing times more but uh, i would like to know what got you interested in snow science when i went to university i um, studied physical geography one of the things i studied mm -hmm. and uh, learned a little bit you know about these various phenomena that are out there mm -hmm. whether i paid much attention to it or not i don't know mm -hmm. and then at mont tremblant we had a one little slide in the woods one day above a cliff uh that just swept over the cliff but it didn't really know what that was either you know bit of snow moving down the hill. Right. So right. when I came out here and then was hired on the patrol in September of 72, um, there had been an accident the year before. So uh, the powers of B had gone out and hired some people with experience. They had uh, Jeff Wyatt, who had been working at Grand Duke, and he was from New Zealand, a guide from New Zealand, and a guy named Bruce Hagerstone, who had been an assistant technician at Rogers Pass. I grew up in Revelstoke and knew that country. So they came to work with the program. And Norm Wilson, an American consultant, came that fall to uh, set up a uh, preliminary avalanche control plan and an outline of how we would do this stuff and give us a training course. So that kind of, those were all elements. Sort of the building sort of, of the plan back in the day because... I remember coming here in 68 as a student and going through an avalanche closed sign towards upper Franzes. And I had no idea what I was doing, but my friend said, oh, it's okay, we can go through here. And all of a sudden, Hugh Smythe came out of nowhere screaming at us, get the hell out of there, you know? And, and we, oh, okay, so we came back and he explained, that's avalanche prone territory, you can't go there and it's closed. And that's the first experience I had, and that was in '68. So the, Hugh must have known something back oh, in the day. Oh no, they and had, they had a some signage or something. Yeah, sure. No, yeah. they had limited signage and a program, and you know they did their best and tried to change some people out. I don't think the uh, perhaps the magnitude of the issue was, until the accident. Really, until the accident, yeah. yeah. When, when the locals, four locals from the Vancouver area were killed in an accident, that really smartened people up. And yeah. the way I got involved in it was Bruce needed an assistant. Mm. And he was the observer, the snow and weather observer. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just stuck my hand up. Nobody else was interested. I said, I'll do that because I yeah. studied some of this stuff about the weather and that kind of thing. And away we went. And then towards the end of that, in the spring of 73, he quit. I took over. Mm. And then from, from there forth, mm. it just kind of grew. Yeah, and, and in a big way for you. I mean, you got into it in a, in a very big way, and uh, you taught all us, the, the guys that got on the patrol in 74, 75, what was, uh, what was it all about? And it was an amazing experience for us guys. You know, Roger, me, and Brian, and 
you know, all the guys that are just learning, well, what is this science all about? You were doing avalanche uh, fracture line profiles back in those days. And I remember we were doing, uh, we had a cold lab and we would take pictures of the snowflakes above, at, and below the fracture line and shine light through the, the flakes and they'd refract in different colors. And that was a scientific program that you put together with Dave McClung? No, Ron Perla. Oh, it was with Ron. Yeah. Oh, okay. He was working in America, Canada. Uh, yeah, but um, he came to Canada, uh -huh. set up in Banff, uh -huh. and he had a cold lab set up in, in uh, Sunshine, uh, the merging of theory and practice, the first right. sort of one of those ISSW pre. Yeah, pre, yeah. pre ISSW. Yeah, yeah. And that was, oh. we started, that was in the winter of 76, 77 was the first right. time we did that. Yeah. But he and a bunch of other people were, influences before that. The, probably the, the biggest factor for me in my growth was the winter of 1973-74 because that was the, the biggest snow winter that Whistler had had and has ever had. I was, I was the lifty yeah. and that's my yeah. first year here. Yeah, yeah. That and was we did uh, almost 90 days, high 80s days of avalanche control. Right. That year it just snowed and snowed and snowed yeah. all the way to the bottom. Yeah. So we were, you know, continually doing this work. I don't, you know, if I think about that winter, I did two accidents. I know, yeah, I did. The whole yeah. winter. I mean, yeah. usually most of the first aid was done on the weekend yeah. by the uh, first aid ski patrol. Yeah. You know, who came up. And then we, there was the senior patrollers who got to do safety, and they were they, they didn't do first aid. They just did avalanche work. Avalanche work and, yeah. and whatnot. And, and yeah, uh, yeah we, could, we could come in on the weekends for overtime and, and you know, do our routes or whatever. But Well, and uh, yeah. that... Uh, early period of uh, four people working on the weekend, four uh, people working all day on the weekend, yeah. um, grew a lot of other people because we always needed help. Yeah. So you rope in like Roger would carry or, well, yeah, Roger was yeah. the deep bar operator. Yeah. And he would carry bombs. Yeah. Yeah. We just use them as a mule. Yeah. yeah. The cold lab, uh, that we explained that earlier about how. You know, we'd take pictures of those crystals. And that blew me away. He was so scientific back. And I was I assisted you quite a bit in those days. We'd go up and we'd take, you know, samples of snow crystals at above and below the uh, the snow. And I, I never figured out how or how you would use that information. Or, you know, it's sort of a Ron Perla kind of thing, I guess, where he was thinking that could make a difference on his initial interest was to find out if there was a particular type of snow or a particular layer that kept popping up time and time again, which caused these problems. And what we found for Whistler, where it snowed so much, uh, over the time period we had the cold lab, is there was so many different kinds of uh, patterns that could result in an avalanche that there was no typical uh, Layer. I mean, we, we layered, learned that and, and it was a we process, all learned later. It was a process of elimination, basically. Yeah, well, there yeah. Was, there's persistent layers. Yeah. You know, that Density. do show up in time again. No, no, no. no. Types. Okay. You know, surface hoar and yeah. facets and depth hoar and that kind of stuff. They show up time and time and time again. But that was not so common here in Whistler. True. Uh, didn't yeah. happen. Except for the fall of uh, 72, 73, we had depth hoar and then in uh 78 79 world in world, my years yeah world cup the world cup downhill when blitz gully went, went 
Yeah, yeah, that, that was an interesting time. But uh, I mean, heli bombing too. That was something that was kind of invented. Nobody was doing that. But I mean, we were throwing bombs out of helicopters. That was pretty unique back in the day. It, well, the guy who actually invented that was Monty Atwater. Oh, okay. at, at the, after the Grand Duke accident, the, 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 the inventor of the avalancher. That's right. You know, that's uh, right. I know. Yeah. But he he uh, was flying around the Grand Duke accident site. Um, while they were organizing the rescue, and he was ex-army, so he was throwing cases of powder out the door of the helicopter. Wow. And that was the first time that I know of it. Mm. And then the Parks guys uh, did a little bit in the early 70s. Uh, we did, but I think the first procedure that was built was built by Doug Hare, who was the Okanagan pilot, and uh, uh, Huey Smythe and uh, Al Turner, when they submitted something to the government in about 1973, maybe, the, and that's when we started, the spring of 73. The big that, snow, you had to do something quick. Yeah. Well, the next year there. was the big snow, oh. and, and yeah. uh, but 72, 73 was still one of those winters back when. Mm -hmm. You know, the winters changed in 76, 77, but before that time, mm -hmm. it didn't matter. There was just enough snow to cover everything up. So how did you get to know uh, uh, McClung? You know, he was uh, from UBC. Not then. He, he, oh. he was from the University of Washington. Oh, okay. He was Ed LaChapelle's student at the University of Washington. Oh, I see. And then he went to uh, Norway. He was a snow creep guy. That was his thing, studying snow creep. Mm. And then he went to work for the NRC. Uh, National Research Council? Yeah, yeah. In the late 70s, I would say. Um, I climbed with him a lot in the late 70s. And, and uh, somewhere at that point, he made the transition to NRC. And then he didn't go to UBC. UBC until 1991. And how did you meet Peter Shear? He was going, he was back at the Origins. So that year when Hagerstone uh, worked here and was doing snow observations, Peter would come up from Vancouver now and again and just sort of check it out, see what was going on. Just interested. And that relationship kind of grew over time. He would come up more and more and, mm -hmm. uh, and we got more and more involved. And actually, it was uh, Peter and Ron Perlow who got me into consulting. So another of the key facts, I went with Hugh Smythe to the National Avalanche School in Seattle in 1973. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was kind of the period when I started to... Saw the big picture. Saw the, see the big picture yeah. and slowly yeah. take over the program. Yeah. Thank you for listening today. Join us on my next episode and hear more Whistler stories that need to be told. Please share and let me know what you think of my podcast. It's just mind-boggling.